Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative. This is the show to help you claim the word creative, make creativity the filter for your life, redefine your relationship with fear, take that bad boy out of the driver's seat, put it in the trunk, and also step into the full essence of who you are and claim your right to have a dream. And I'm Lauren LaGrasso, your host, and I'm very excited because today I have one of my best friends in the world. Her name is Steffi Hill. She is an amazing actress, an amazing writer, an intuitive psychic medium. She does it all. And today we are going to give you some tips and tricks about the coronavirus and also just a lot of laughs. I'm so glad you're here. How are you faring? Like, how are you feeling today? Today I feel great, but it goes in ups and downs naturally. Like within a few days, I'll feel really happy. And then I'm like, oh, this is easy. I'll just be positive. And then two days later, I'm like depressed, sad, anxious. You know, it's like I let myself feel every emotion as it comes up, but it's not consistent. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm similar. I mean, I've had so much work that it's been hard to really think about my feelings. But over the weekend, I finally got a little bit of break from all that. And it's very similar. It's like, I mean, I'll be feeling fine. Yesterday, I went out for groceries. I got surprisingly emotional when I did that. Oh, me too. Me too. I cried for hours. I think too. Yeah. You pick up on other people's energetics and then it's like you feel so empathetic towards people of all different, you know, ages too. I cried because this woman was trying to grab a cart um, and then she was trying to grab a handbasket with this like produce bag and it kept slipping and she couldn't grab it. Mm. Are you there? I was yeah, like, it's just I like that's sad. so sad. And you couldn't no, help I, and her. I couldn't, I couldn't because I'm not going to go up to her and scare her. And then I just watched her from afar and then I started crying. Well, there was a guy, I had a sim- like a similar experience, not with an old lady, but there was a guy in a literal gas mask. You know, those masks mm-hmm. they wear in like Handmaid's Tale when they're in the bad place where they're like digging in the yes. ground. So he was wearing one of those. And I warned him that I was going to grab a bag of baby carrots. <laughs> As we do. When I reached for the baby carrots, he jumped away from me. And I totally got it. Like, I'm sure if I was in his scenario, I would have done the same thing. But something about that made me so sad. I started crying because I'm like, we can't even like be near each other when we're grabbing a bag of food. Like, it was just a stark reminder of how much life has changed. No. And even just around your family and friends, if you've been able to see them, I've obviously kept like a very close circle. I think I've only seen like two to three people. But I try to stay my distance with them too, just because, you know, social distancing, now they're calling it physical distancing. Mm. Yeah, probably because that's like more literal and some people maybe were confused by what social distancing was. Right. Because I'm still still seeing people in Miami, like doing, have you, did you see that video? Yeah. It made me want to, I don't know. I just can't believe that some people don't understand the severity of it. I'm also feeling more angry than I felt in years. Very, very angry. I think because I'm seeing people not being respectful of what's happening and being kind of delusional and it's making me so mad. I'm like, just stay home and then we'll get out of this quicker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why some people don't seem to get it. But I mean, I guess in a way I get a piece of it because so many other times throughout history, like even since we've been alive, like every few years, it seems like there's this big disease that everybody says is going to be terrible and then it never ends up being terrible. And this one is obviously different, but I would say that 
I don't know who's the one disseminating this information, but they cried wolf a lot in the past. Mm. And so now I think maybe some of those people that saw that pattern aren't taking this seriously, but it's very clearly a different situation. Like a whole different beast. Yeah. It's a weird time to be alive, but I also feel grateful to be alive during this time because it's making us all, you know, kind of be closer in a way as yeah. we're being as we're being distant. <laughs> that makes sense. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think it's a time to re-examine the relationships you have and like what last week, you know, you obviously inspired me a lot with the episode I did. But I talked about how this has really been a wake-up call for me and a call to action and that when I survive this, I I kind of I'm starting a list of all the things about my life that I want to change because I realized where I spent my time focusing my energy was deeply flawed in a lot of ways. You know, it was like things that ultimately won't dictate my happiness. Like what makes me happy is being able to be myself and be with the people I love. And I think I a lot of times wrap up my personality or who I am and what I do and think that like, if I can just get this, then I will be okay. And I know that that's not really true, but I want to start shifting more toward being myself. And I think all the things that I want will fall into place anyway, if I can do that. And then being around the people I love more. Oh, I love that. I know me too. It's actually on that coin too, of seeing where things aren't where there's no more space, you know, it's like we're really having to grow and there's no more space for feeling small in any way, but also feeling grateful. I mean, even just seeing the sun shining through my curtains in the morning and even though I'm inside, I'm thinking, wow, I live in California, a place that's always sunny. And I think sometimes I take that for granted. And there were times I think in the past where I've been saying to myself, oh, it's why is everyone outside hiking? Like, I'm tired. I don't want to hike. I just want to Netflix and chill. And now that I'm like Netflix and chill, I'm like, I want to hike for the first time since living in Los Angeles, you know? So I just feel grateful. And I've been keeping every morning, I've been taking a long list of things I'm grateful for, even just conversations and checking in with people via like voice, you know, voice memos on Instagram or sending each other memes. Like Memes? I'm happy to be alive at a time of memes. You're so good at memes. I suck at them. So <laughs> tell me tell me what are your top meme sources and, and how are they helpful? Well, there's one called Quentin uh Quarant oh, I can't you know Quentin Tarantino? It's like yeah, Quentin he's a great friend. <laughs> there's a <laughs> is he? Best. Yeah. <laughs> we tickle each other. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't strike that from the record. Strike, strike it, record. Okay. Quentin Tarantino, it's Quentin Quarantino. That's a good account made specifically for this event. I mean, I always go to my like normal meme accounts. Which are? Oh gosh, I'm being put on the spot. I like drinks for gays. (laughs) It's really, really good. My See, I follow a lot of meme posters. So there's like one guy I follow and he just reposts all the great memes. His name is Izzy Fontaine, I think. I'll, I'll have to double check that. But anyway, I also get sent memes every day by friends and family. You really are great at sending memes. And I feel so bad because I literally never reciprocate, but only because I don't really know how to. (laughs) I'm like a boomer in that way. And also a lot of other ways. You are actually a boomer in technology. Yeah. I suck at it. I'm like, I'll answer any phone call. But if you text me, it takes me nine days to get back to you. (laughs) 
I will never forget the time we were hanging out and I was like, please text me when you get home just because like I love you and I want to make sure you're home. And like I'm texting you nothing and and I'm and I even have your location. So I saw that you were home, but I was like, what happened? You know, my mind's running. And then I just call you and you go, oh, yeah, I'm home. I'm just eating an apple. (laughs) That sounds like me. And I do remember this. But I think it's just good right now that we have this type of connection. I think about these pandemics, you know, that happened obviously throughout the centuries and how crazy it was to not be connected to people. You know, yeah, we're so lucky. Like it's think of what they had to go through during the plague and the Spanish flu. Like oh, all can't. they could do was sit around and play checkers. I don't even know if it was invented <laughs> by then. They, they just played with yarn. Just yeah, unravel yarn. and yarn. Apparently, Sir Isaac Newton invented a lot of really crucial life-changing things. But other than that, most people were probably just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, crocheting and reading, which was also great. Don't get me wrong. But we just are so blessed that we have so many opportunities to connect and to make things. And do you know what's funny? I don't know. Have you found that you've actually been wanting to get a little more off social media during this time? Yeah, definitely. Because part of me, too, it's like, okay, I feel like people are just like, putting out stuff and nobody really knows what to post right now. It's like, do you write something sad? Do you write something inspirational? Do you write something funny? What's disrespectful? What's not disrespectful? Mm. Like I, I'm actually struggling with walking that line of like, part of me feels like if I post anything, even with my, my song release, cause I'm going to do put out my song on the 17th of April. Yay. I was like, is it disrespectful to post this right now in the midst of what's happening? It, I know it's important to put out things, and I'm excited to do it, but part of me thought it was trivial. I know it's tough to compartmentalize that, but you have to continue to live your life because there needs to be some level of normalcy here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how are you approaching social media? Because you have your Seffy Hill page, which you put a lot of like funny actor and writer content out on there, and also just like your personal photos. And then you have your Spirit Sis page, which is your business where you do psychic medium readings, you do tarot readings, astrology readings. So like, how have you been approaching it on both pages? So my Steffi Hill, my personal page, I haven't really, since I started my business, it's kind of just taken a back seat because that's really for friends and family and for fun. But my business is like, oh, that's how I make an income, you know. But I will just say in general, I have taken a more lighter approach to just not being on social media as much just because I'm taking in a lot of energy and it's a lot. So I'm ac- I actually set a timer every day for my online sourcing. Mm, that's a great tip. And I'm forcing myself. So sc- it's called screen time. Everyone has it. If you have an iOS like programming, you have it. So I give myself an hour on social media and that's between I run three different accounts. So I give myself an hour and then you can obviously extend it if you're like, you know, laughing at a good old meme page or something's <laughs> making you happy. And then I also give myself an hour on TikTok, which is deadly because like TikTok, you could be on there for 24 hours. It's so funny. Yeah, I'm trying to limit that. And then throughout the day, I'm like, okay, what can I do that's for me now? I did my business. I did, you know, my social media stuff feels more of business oriented to me. And then during the day, I'm either exercising or dancing or being creative, listening to your podcast. You know what I mean? I'm trying to live normally doing those type of like routine-ish things without having to be consumed with the media right now. You talked about protecting your energy. Do you have a specific tactic you use to protect your energy, especially during these times? 
I mean, classic OG, all my witches out there, we'd burn sage (laughs) or Palo Santo. That's like an ancient ritual. Also, sage is known to cleanse the air, but also changes the ions. And also is antibacterial and antiviral, which is a fun fact. Shoot, I didn't know that. I'm going to burn some sage right after this. No, I'm not joking you. I'll go out from being out and about and I'll just burn a bunch of sage like on my body, on my clothes. And it's just really cleansing. It clears the air. And, And, you know, you can also do crystals if you believe in like, you know, crystal healing. I just find in general, it's really good to be as grounded as possible before I go out. So if it's like, if I need to exercise, if I'm too much in my mind and I'm really frenetic and I'm running out, running errands and feel, and I'm feeling fearful and anxious and panicked, I won't go out. But if I'm just having a nice day, like today, for example, you know, oh, I went on a walk outside and I, I ate really nourishing foods. I feel good. Now I'm ready to go out into the world because I feel a little more protected. Like I have an armor of at least mental health, you know? Right. You set a foundation for yourself. It's so hard when you start your day out like that in the frenetic energy. I feel like you're chasing your tail all day long. Oh, yeah. The only thing I've ever found that works when I start my day out like that is actually taking time to do some of the things you just mentioned. So going on a walk, meditating in the middle of the day, dancing, doing something to get yourself back to you, basically. Because when you're spinning like that, it's because you've either given someone else or something else your energy instead of saying, hey, I matter. This is how I'm going to take care of myself. And then you go about your day. Like it's always the times when I look at my email or look at Twitter or like my first thought is how can I please the people I work for and with instead of how can I take care of me? Exactly. I love that. It's so hard though. I, I mean- That's a pattern I think we really have to work on breaking, especially during this time, because I realized last week when I was working like 16-hour days every day, no one's going to take care of me but me. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And especially emotionally. Yeah. This is the healing time. I mean, we're both fortunate that we are able to still be employed during this time, but it's still a good time to step back, like you said earlier, and realize, why am I working 16 hours right now? <laughs> like, for any yeah. job, that's so inappropriate. I mean, it's not inappropriate, but it's like, it's that is not normal, and that will burn anyone out, and you, I, you're like the hardest, you're the hardest worker. How after like a 16 hour day, how are you unwinding at the end of the day? Are you just falling into bed exhausted or are you taking time to do like a bath or like dance or meditate? Like what are you doing? Some of the days I, well, I danced one or two of the days. Some days I did just like fall asleep. Baths are definitely important to me. I like taking baths and eating popsicles. (laughs) In the bath? Yeah, sometimes. I like like the antithesis, you know, the hot and the cold. Oh, you're really into textures. I've noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Tell me what that means because isn't that like part of my human design? Also, what is human design? I still don't know after all this time. (laughs) This is my first traumatic experience with it. (laughs) Well, it's funny because a lot of the stuff I was talking about anyway, um, about like getting grounded and stuff has to do with your human design. Human design is the energetics of your body. So it can tell us it's based off your the time you were born and it's based off of astrology, I Ching, Kabbalah, the chakra system. But basically, it's how to live in your body and not in your mind. So how to like flow with the day of things and not have to have your mind take, I don't know, the driver's seat. 
So the second you learn your human design and what your there's different energy types, you go throughout your day following that strategy and things flow and fall into peace so much easier. And you, this is part of the readings you do. You do, you'll like look up someone's human design and then basically from that human design, teach them how to live more in tune with how they were made. Exactly. That is exactly right. And it's really, when I found out my human design, it was the most empowering thing ever because there are some things about me that I just thought were a little bit off or different or why am I not, you know, I'm always a really fast mover and you know, some people would think I was just like super ADD. I'm the person that puts something in the microwave and then I'm like doing laundry at the same time and then running back to wash my hands and then going another place and then typing in some, an email. So I'm someone that has my brain running at all times, as you can tell how fast I talk. <laughs> and that is literally what my human design says. I am the fastest energy of all the types and I am supposed to be doing a hundred things at once. That's what my body is aligned to do. Interesting. Can can you just quickly go over the different types of human designs? Yeah, of course. There is generators, um, manifestors, projectors, manifesting generators, and reflectors. And reflectors are the 1% of the population. But, you know, generators are here. They have like a sacral energy and they're here to just be juicy and happy and go throughout life just living their lives um, with purpose and they get a lot of work done. Manifestors think of all the brilliant ideas and they cultivate, you know, leadership. And then we have the projectors and they're here to really like see and guide um, everyone else in the world. And they're really, really good with just seeing systems differently. And they're the wisest, the most like they, whenever I need help, I go to a projector because they just are really good at seeing people for who they are. And then there's manifesting generators. That's the hybrid of the manifester and the generator. And uh, that's what my type is. And we're here to create different projects, especially several different creative projects and get them going. And we're here to teach people not to be so linear, how to think differently, how to skip steps and then go back and do things, you know, um, the way that we want to do them, not the way society tells us to. And then there's creative as fuck. Yeah, baby girl. (laughs) And by the way, all types are creative. It's just different ways of thinking. Like it's our brains and our systems, our bodies. And then lastly, you have, and we all, it's all based on your aura too and how you're magnetic. And that's all what a lot of this is based off of. And then the last one is reflectors. They're less than 1% of the populations. I think of these people as the Buddhas of the world. And they basically are, they have no chakras defined in their body. So they're able to reflect whoever they're with back at them. Like, so for example, if I'm with a reflector, they're able to shine the light on what I need to heal within myself. That's so cool. Steffi's readings for this, by the way, are spot on. I I brought up me being triggered by it because the first time she like gave me a reading, it was like when she'd first discovered human design. And she's like, I'm so excited to tell you all your human design (laughs) stuff. And I like freaked out at her because one of the things in my human design, I'm a projector. And one of the things that projectors are supposed to do is wait for invitations. So that was extremely triggering to me as someone who works hard and feels like I can control my fate with my hard work. But it makes a lot of sense because when I trace everything that I've ever done in my life and my career, it's always been I worked hard, but because of that hard work, I got invited to do something without having to like submit an application or do – it was always – it came to me. So it makes a lot of sense and I highly recommend a reading with her on it if your interest has peaked at all. But to get back to 
what's going on and Corona and how we're dealing with it. Like what sort of advice are you giving to your clients who are like highly steeped in fear right now? Like how are you advising them? I mean, it depends on the circumstance. Obviously, we all have different varying levels of, you know, some of them are unemployed right now, you know, and some of them are fine, but maybe they're dealing with family and friends back home who aren't. So there's varying circumstances, but I'm just telling people, like I kind of said earlier, to keep grounded as possible and to keep somewhat of a routine because I think it's kind of easy or have something to look forward to at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm really excited at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to like get in that bath and eat my popsicle mm. <laughs> or, or, too, honey. You know, <laughs> or, um, move. I always also recommend moving body parts. So I've been doing a lot of my Instagram. I've been doing, um, energy unblocking, and dances of our chakras, because a lot of times we don't realize if we're fearful where that's coming from. And a lot of times it's coming from a blocked chakra. So our root chakra, you know, that holds a lot of like our security in the world. And if we feel insecure and it's our fight or flight is getting off, then maybe that's something within our own bodies. So I always recommend moving your body, even if that's walking around your living room or jumping up and down for 10 seconds. That to me always works really well, but there's so many different things you can do. Have routine, but then you also don't have to feel chained to that routine. You can switch it up if you feel comfortable, but it's just making yourself feel sane when you're confined. Yeah. And do what feels good. I mean, like, Nothing destructive, but do what feels good, especially when it's something positive. Like if it feels good to like move your arm in a weird way, don't judge yourself. Just do it. Just Go move for your the arm. Gold. Yeah. This I'll isn't f- the time to judge yourself in general. No. And you know what else I've been telling people to do, which I really highly recommend, is learn a new skill. Because it's also taking your brain off of what's going on. And then it's like, for example, if you always wanted to learn Spanish and you don't know Spanish, like, why don't you pick up Spanish? Or if you want to learn about your human design, or I learned about my Enneagram, which is also like a new hot buzzword. I didn't know about that. So it's what kind is of that. See, I still really don't know, but it's like there's <laughs> it's basically like a Myers Briggs type situation where you put in all this information and then they tell you what you are and you're like, wow, I am that. You know? <laughs> Like, I mean, I also like there's BuzzFeed quizzes like, you know, I just recently watched Love is Blind and I took a quiz to find oh. out what Love is Blind character I am. Can we talk about it? Oh, duh. I love it. I love Love is Blind. Okay. Thoughts on Jessica. Sorry. If you haven't watched Love is Blind, get on it. Love is Blind is a reality show on Netflix that is about people sitting behind doors. Basically, it's like how you would have to date if you're going on a date today. You're in separate pods. You can't see each other. You can just hear each other. And by the end of this meeting in this way, with like it's like a two-week period, you have to get engaged without ever seeing each other. Then they reveal you to each other and you see if you actually want to stay married or get married. It's kind of creepy that this happened before quarantine. I wonder if they're trying Isn't to- it creepy? Yes, it is. Because I wonder if people are actually trying to do this. <laughs> I'm sure. Like, I I've actually have a friend who did a Skype date recently with someone she met on Bumble. Yeah, I think my friend did a Hinge date, too. It was, like, on FaceTime. It's so interesting. <laughs> um, romance ain't okay. dead, y'all. No, it's I feel like this is the best possible time to meet someone, which and we're going to get into relationships because you're in a new relationship. And we were talking about, like, you know, how to kind of, like, navigate that while in this super stressful situation. Yeah. So tell me your thoughts on Jessica. (laughs) I don't want to put her on blast, but she definitely has some shadow work to do. (laughs) 
she, she has some trauma. Seeing a psychotherapist would be in her best interest. Explain shadow work for those that don't know. <laughs> um, I'm doing all the woo-woo stuff today. I love it. Um, shadow work is basically diving deep into your subconscious and bringing out any of those fears or phobias or anything that's really messed up in your life and you're projecting onto other people and whatever triggers you, you're getting it out to the surface in your shadowy self. <laughs> yeah. The thing with Jessica on Love is Blind, let's just get into it for a minute. <laughs> the show's taking a turn, but I like it. So she she was like with this guy who was so nice, but he was 10 years older or younger than her, her. and she couldn't get over it. And he wasn't tall. And then she kept trying to go back to this guy that was like not into her. Like he was I thought he was an F boy, but he ended up staying married to the girl he was with. Whatever. It was totally not her place to be like trying to break up their relationship and leave the super nice guy she chose. Yeah. And you could just see that she was torpedoing a good thing for no particular reason. Yeah. it. I mean, the whole thing was very interesting to watch unfold. I really thought Mark was such a sweetie, but I was like, why are you dealing with her? Also, did you see the part when Jessica fed her dog red wine? I don't Please. remember that, oh, but I'm sure was, I did. I rewound, I rewound it three times, and I was like, "Oh, she just she literally went down and fed her dog red wine." Anyway, oh, I, was, no. I wanted to just bring this up real quick because we talked about memes earlier, and I had to pull up a mean meme because I love yeah. Love Is Blind memes, and this is what the <laughs> meme says: "I just want to say everyone is blaming the Chinese for the coronavirus, but I truly believe it's because Jessica's 34 and Mark is 24." <laughs> <laughs> If you could only, if you haven't seen the show, like if you could only know what a big deal she made out of something that was really not that big of a deal. Like the guy kept saying he didn't care about the age difference. Nobody cared about the age difference except for her, which is fine if you do, but stop blaming it on society or other people. It's you, girl. No, totally. And she could have cut back on her alcohol. But here I am like sitting down, having a glass of wine, being like, she's drunk. And I'm like judging her. <laughs> you know what I mean? I always did yeah. that with The Bachelor too. I'm like, why is she wearing that? What's happening? And I literally have zit cream on my face. So it's so easy to judge from the comfort of it her is. house. Bless Jessica. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but Jessica. <laughs> Bless, blessed Jessica. Blessed Jessica. I hope she finds what she's looking for and she does her shadow work. She should work. call me for a reading. She really should. Maybe she will. Maybe she heard about your special. <laughs> Sammy has a special going on right now. <laughs> yeah, she also should do past life regression work. That would also get into her fears and phobias and get into the trauma real quick. Either way, if you haven't watched this show, I am not typically a reality show person. I could not peel my eyes off the screen. This show is a perfect quarantine show. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. My friend is in a group chat with a bunch of dudes and they're all like talking about it. Like, what's up with Jessica? Like, even guys like it. So yeah, hop on board if you haven't yet. Um, also, this is a really good time to ask your friends for Netflix Rex. And they're also doing this thing called Netflix Party. Have you heard of this, Lo? No, tell me. It's like, uh, I think a lot of the Gen Z's <laughs> sound so old. Love a good Gen Z. <laughs> a lot of the Gen Z's are doing this. Um, it's basically, it's a little, I think it's a Chrome extension, but you add, um, add it to your computer and then you're able to do chats while you're watching movies together. They call it Netflix Party. Oh, that's cute. So if we were watching Love is Blind, we could be like, oh my God, did you see when she just fed her dog wine? That's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. 
What are you but doing? But can we you talk know? to? So can we talk to each other on video? I, you know, I don't have it, so I don't know. But I think it's chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really selling it home. Sounds for great. <laughs> yeah. Netflix, call me. <laughs> We're available for commercials anytime you'd like. <laughs> anytime, any, any, any time. Uh, actually, my friend Paria produced Love Is Blind, so I feel like maybe we could get it. We in. need some hot insider tips. We really do. Really we really, really do. Agile during this time. So. Maybe next week we'll do a, a dual interview with you and Paria and me. <laughs> yeah. I, also tri- like I guess it wouldn't be dual. It'd be charts. triple. I oh, need gosh. to get birth charts for some. I would love to take a peek into these. Happy, that's not a bad idea. I might have to see what I can do. Work my magic. Yeah. Okay. Also, whoops, I dropped my <laughs> notebook. <laughs> You have insider information right now because you have a friend in the CDC who knows stuff. So can you tell us some of the things that are going on? Yeah. Thank you for making me sound so cool, by the way. Um, yes, are. I do. One of my um, very good friends, Erica, her uncle used to work for the CDC. He's a doctor for the global pandemic. So he is kind of keeping us updated with what's going on. Also, I was at her house February, mid-February, and she told me we were going to have to be quarantined. And I didn't laugh in her face, but I was like, calm. It's okay, babe. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll do, we'll get it a day at a time. And she has seven weeks worth of materials. And I'm here, like, literally eating, like, my canned beans. You know what I mean? So anyway, any hoozle, um, what was the question? <laughs> I want to know some of this guy's insider tips so I can protect my listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back to back to your listeners and not to me. So, <laughs> as I was saying, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, I mean, there's so many things he unpacks, but, you know, I think a lot of the biggest thing is the community transmission and how long the virus can live on surfaces. So one of the biggest things that he wants to take away one is like everyone needs to stay inside. But if you're getting like packages or deliveries that the virus can live on cardboard, for example, for up to 24 hours. Yeah. So you taught me and I like today, my, my maintenance men walked by me when I was in the middle of this process and it was quite a sight. I got imperfect foods delivered, which is a great program that takes all unused foods and delivers them to people at a discounted rate. So I got my delivery from them and I was on my porch, like literally using a machete sized knife to cut open the package. (laughs) And then like with gloves and a mask on taking out each individual thing and washing them down with alcohol wipes. And that process is actually also strangely upsetting because it's like a stark reminder of like the ease and freedom that has been so quickly stripped from us. Yes. But yes. but it's something that's necessary after you told me that. Because I also heard – I don't know. I've heard so many different things and it's so hard to disseminate like what's true from what's an exaggeration from somebody heard it from like their third cousin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But – I heard that it can live for up to three days on certain surfaces. So it, it can, like on yeah. copper. I don't quote me on this, but I do think like copper and plastic, it can, or maybe it's um, aluminum, metal. You know, though it can be for a few more days, like on that. Right. So really, like when they say wash your hands, that's like very legitimate washing your hands. And then we, you and I talked about on the like how to get takeout. <laughs> This was, oh my God, I almost had an emotional breakdown yesterday. We ended up getting takeout and it was like, 
We got a huge – like it's the biggest pizza I've ever seen. I just like couldn't figure out how to get it out of the box and it was oh, – no. that was another – pizza. Yeah, it was really difficult. But sorry, you go ahead and tell them the way you're supposed to do it and then I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think all of us can relate to – one, I'm tired of doing dishes. I don't take for granted any of the times that I've been out – you know, now and not how to do dishes. But yeah, so basically what you're supposed to do is I go to the place and pick it up because that's one less person who's having their hands or transferring it, you know, a delivery person. So I go to the place and pick it up. And also that gives me a lot of ease because you can see how they're handling the food. If you have anxiety like I do, which is constantly always going to be a source of how I'm living my life. I like to see. So for example, um, I went to like Chick-fil-A, like we were starving. We're like, we need Chick-fil-A. And this is before California got locked down. So that was literally our last meal out. But we went to Chick-fil-A and you could see everyone had gloves, everyone had masks, the way they were, they weren't, there was like four or five different people taking different credit cards. So it wasn't one person doing all the transactions. Mm. Um, So then you get the bag and then I go home and then immediately like I wipe down all of the surfaces like of the like cardboard, for example, and then I transfer it in onto a plate and then I heat, heat it up in the microwave or the oven so I can make sure it's hot. So whatever you're getting, make sure it's hot. And then obviously wash your hands after you throw away the bag and the, and the like stuff, you know, the cardboard and stuff. Oh my gosh. I, I will not get another deep dish pizza. I'll tell you that much. This was like the was most Was it worth traumatic. it when you had it? It was really good, but, <laughs> but <laughs> That's the, the process I had to go through, like, Okay, so I mentioned last week that my ex-boyfriend and I are quarantining together. Which we have to unpack, maybe. We will definitely. We're going to do some light unpacking later. Maybe heavy, depending. Okay. Okay. But so I made made him open the door with the pizza box. We come in. I like take out all these cookie sheets in. I'm like, we can't have it touch the cardboard. If it touches the cardboard, there will be contamination. So I take like the alcohol spray. And he's like, well, don't spray the alcohol spray too much because then it's going to get all over the pizza. So I take it and spray it on like a paper towel and like I wipe down all of the cardboard and I'm like, don't let the cardboard touch the pizza. And I take the spatula, but the spatula is like not heavy enough to hold the weight of the deep dish pizza. So then I'm having to use my fingers and like, I don't know if I wash for a full 30 seconds, what's going to happen. So I had to touch it and then I put it on like, but it was so big. The pieces were so huge. I did not remember the pieces being this big, but piece was like it it was only two pieces per cookie sheet so then I had to like pull out all these like little random containers and it was just it was a mess and then I was like beating myself up after because I'm like if I had like corona on my hand or it touched the cardboard by accident and then I give us corona I'm gonna want to (laughs) die so and the guilt you feel is like crazy you're like I could kill someone by eating a deep dish pizza (laughs) I know and How I'm like, I can't that? believe that this is what life is now. It, but we ended up heating it up in the oven. So, Great. you know, at like 350 degrees. So I think we were taken care of. But it's just wild that ordering a pizza could induce that much anxiety. Yeah. And I wish it could be a fly in the wall when that was happening. Like, 
seeing it all transpire like yeah my dude will literally look at me and like laugh and he's like I'm really happy you're taking these precautions but I'm doing it to like a degree because I just want to be really super safe you know what I mean but yeah there's also holding on to that fear and anxiety also is not good for your immune system you know it's like it's okay to have those feelings of course that's completely natural but the more and more you're anxious about that then you're kind of attracting that in some weird way or attracting weakness to your immunity you know Okay. Can I ask you a question about your anxiety? You may. When you experience anxiety, do you, and you're like doing a task, let's say, or like a job, do you always feel like, oh my God, I don't know if I did it well enough. Like, I don't know if I executed that to the best of my ability. And if I don't, then I'm going to have no one to blame but myself. And like, do you ever spin on those kind of thoughts? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always like impending doom. It goes from like zero to impending doom. And it's always, yeah, like this is going to fall back on me for sure. I think that's how pretty normal or is it just is for it? us? <laughs> I don't I mean I think it's pre- I think it's pretty normal with people who are artists in any way. Like how do you deal with it when you're in those situations? Cuz I'm realizing with this like I I think that this whole pandemic has brought up a lot of opportunities to learn about ourselves and hopefully through those learnings to correct or not even correct but like to heal some parts of ourselves that are wounded. I realize I have really terrible coping skills when it comes to that. Like I could forgive anyone for almost anything. Like really, I I have a very high tolerance for forgiveness or like I have a very big ability to forgive someone. Mm, But when it comes to forgiving myself, I have a really low tolerance. How do you work toward that in your own life? Hmm. I mean, I think it's a constant like – battle between mothering yourself, you know, and like giving, nurturing yourself back to health. Because when I'm having days where I am like feeling super anxious, or like you said, like feeling down on myself, or I'm letting people down or whatever, I've kind of grown to learn in my own life that that's okay. I'm just having a moment and that I give myself what I need. So if I do need to like eat pizza, if I do need to cry it out, if I do need to take a bath or, you know, like journal or whatever, I give myself proper time and space as I'm moving through these triggers, um, which is really good. And obviously, like I go to therapy and do all that mental health stuff. That's really good. So I think in general, it's just like taking time for yourself when you are going through those loops to know that like I'm just a very emotional person. And that's something also in my human design. As a person in general, going throughout my day, like I will go through ups and downs of emotions. And knowing I think we even talked about yesterday on the phone. It's like there's a difference between facts and feelings. And when I'm having anxious thoughts and I'm spiraling into control, none of those are real facts. I'm not really letting anyone down. No one has said, Steffi, you're letting me down. No one's ever said anything like that. It's our own you know, projections of what's happening. So I always think like, okay, I'm having an emotional moment. I'm going to let myself ride through this wave and base my rationalization and base my decisions off of facts, not feelings. Right. That's a good one. Okay. I'll try that. (laughs) I mean, it's so, it's so difficult. I mean, that's, that's what we should do, but I mean, talk to me during a panic attack and I will not be doing that, you know? Um, I mean, there's so many times where even I just have like, I swallowed something weird and I'm like, oh my God, I have Corona. And I'm like, no, I just literally ate jalapeno pepper or I had like, I had like spicy mayo or I had like a Chipotle. I literally had a Chipotle. (laughs) This is weird, but I had a Chipotle uh, pickle for lunch and I'm not joking you. 
not a pickle from Chipotle, the restaurant. Like, a, <laughs> like let's just clarify this. <laughs> it was a pickle that had Chipotle flavoring. Yes, I went to the farmers market years before the pandemic happened. <laughs> Literally, it was 2012, and I got a Chipotle pickle. They're so good; they've still been sitting there. But you know, pickles stay stay for a while. But I had it for lunch, and I started coughing because I had this like Chipotle in my throat. And then I convinced myself that maybe I need to go get tested because I was just coughing from spice. You know, so that's right. That's anxiety. That's very not founded in any type of truth besides me having a pickle <laughs> the amount of times i've convinced myself that i'm choking is truly it should be in the guinness book of world record <laughs> i mean that was when i first realized like i actually have an issue is when i listened to a podcast where a guy talked about like before he went on anxiety medication he convinced himself he was choking to death and drove himself to the er and i'm like oh i've done that so many times <laughs> this this feels like past life to me um, which is funny. And a lot of my clients too, they're so, so, so fearful and anxious. And they did the past life regression with me and they found out that they actually died in the plague. So it's bringing mm-hmm. up a lot. I think it's also bringing up our deepest, darkest fears right now. And our our mental health is coming to the surface because it's really like, how are you supposed to triumph and persevere in these times? And you have to work through your shadow and anxieties, you know? For those that don't know, what is a past life regression? A past life regression, well, I like to call it a meditation or some people say hypnosis, but you go into a deep, relaxed state and you go through all of your, it's like a guided meditation where you go through your past lives if you believe in incarnation. But really all it is, is bringing your subconscious up to the surface um, through a, you know, a excuse me, through experiences, like life experiences, through meeting soulmates and anything that you've been like scared of or anything that you maybe were really good at or skilled at, you find out from your past life how you can transfer that into this life. And what are the benefits of doing it? Like how, what kind of healing have you seen through the past life regressions that you've either done in person or the ones that you've heard about from your meditation? So for me, when I went through my past lives, I learned so much karma about why I was incarnating. So for example, um, my relationships with people, oh, in this this past life, you know, this is how they hurt me. And in this life, I need to learn that maybe they're they're scared of me getting close to them because I hurt them in a past life, for example. That's like one or two. But I think a lot of my clients, it really, it breaks free a lot of this uh, fear and phobia of death, which is a huge one. Mm. And in general, you know, if you have a deep rooted fear, for example, of you choking, I mean, I have a deep rooted fear of guns and things like that. If you have a deep fear of that, and there's nothing in this life that you've been exposed to in that, why are you scared of that? That's probably from a past life trauma. So you kind of work through it and through the meditations. And then I also have journal prompts that help you. And it's, you know, some, some of it is rooted in psychology of why this is happening to you and why you're repeating the lesson. So you learn about lessons, you learn about soulmates, you learn about your karmic purpose and really why you're here and what you're good at and what you want to do in this lifetime. There's a lot that can be gained from it. Mm, I, I did a past life regression. Actually, I did one with you, but I don't fully remember what we found from it because it was like late at night. That was the night of uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> <my> fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> or another night, another dream. Yeah. But yeah. We, that was a wild night. That was a wild night. <laughs> when I knew the night was going to be wild, when you and I both showed up and we're both wearing bright blue eyeliner. That is still one of my favorite occurrences in this lifetime. But I did one also with a psychologist actually back in Michigan, and I had some really amazing revelations and all about my relationships. Like there was one specific instance where I had a relationship with this person who had hurt me tremendously over and over again and never apologized for it. And after doing the past life regression, the next day I got an apology from him after never once in our entire relationship ever having any sort of remorse for, he would basically like, he was my first boyfriend. He would tell me he loved me and then take it back the next day. I love that for you. It was so great for me. I don't know why I left. Actually, he left me. Let's be real. Um, Part of the but, but he did, you know, apologize. He said, you know, I've always loved you and I'm sorry I've acted this way. It hasn't been a reflection of how I truly felt. And it was like, it was like that for some, for some reason and doing that past life regression and seeing how I had hurt him in a previous life, um, that karmic loop was sealed. I love that. Yeah. And that happened for me too, very similarly with someone I was in a relationship with. Uh, you know, they don't always have to be your lover. They actually can incarnate in several different forms of, you know, relationships in your life. So I had a situation, I'll like keep it concise, but this guy I was dating for a few years wasn't listening to my advice ever. And I was getting so angry. Like, why aren't you listening? I know what's right for you. And then in the past life regression, he was my grandson and he died um, from an arrow getting, he was hit in the heart from an arrow um, when he was really young. And I told him not to go because they were practicing archery in this field and he died in my arms. So the karma for me in this life is to let him go and be free. Like I can't control him, but I had so much trauma because he had died when I, when I had told him specifically not to do this. So anyway, I was basically dating my grandson. (laughs) It's complicated, but the more you read about it and the more you study it and you experience it yourself, it really, I mean, it can be pretty life-changing. And I highly recommend just to give yourself an introductory understanding of it, read Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. It is a quick read. I read it in one night. I oh, cried easy. hysterically the whole time. And I reread and- it every every year I reread it. It's such a good book. That's so great. Yeah. And he's wonderful. So I I highly, highly recommend that. Just give yourself a base level of understanding. Um, But to wrap it up, speaking of soulmates, you have a new beau. God, yeah, let's put it on blast. (laughs) Are you not feeling comfortable to talk about it? (laughs) No, it's fine. And also, like, it's not necessarily new. We've been dating, you know, kind of since the summer and fall, but it's a new beau. (laughs) (laughs) You have a sort of new beau. Well, let's just say Um, for quarantine, things have gotten, have escalated quickly into. Yeah. So, yes. No, tell me how they've escalated. We've gotten so close. <laughs> no, I, I think you just kind of see the best in someone and the worst in someone. And that's really how you develop a really solid relationship, a foundation. Also, too, I've had, you know, because you're one of my best friends, I've just had like a lot of really traumatic stuff happening in my life the past couple of months. I've had a lot of deaths, like unexpected deaths in my family. And he's just really stepped up to the plate and been so solid for me. But even during this quarantine he just always like you know considers my um opinion on like what we're eating we've been laughing like hysterically you know 
and sexually experimenting. You know, you just go through all the fun quarantine stuff. But I have to say it's been like the best case scenario and I'm lucky. So what would be your advice to somebody who is in a newer relationship during this time on how to continue to build the bond and get through this time of high stress? Uh, Listen to your gut. I think that's the biggest thing because I think in general – that's what gets people in trouble. So if something, if you're in a newer relationship and like things aren't really going that well and you're not happy, that's really kind of, and there's like fighting and tension, that's also kind of not good. So to ease tension and stress, I think, um, again, like switching up routine is really good. Like we've been also being creative with our food. Like we we joked about like starting a restaurant because we're even joked like I'll make I'll make the menu you know like because we, we colored the other night so we're joking <laughs> about making like our menu like and coloring and making it and then having different cuisine or whatever but we've been cooking together and that's been like really fun like switching off like you know one day he'll lead and then I'll be the sous chef and then I'll be like hey listen I'm gonna do the dishes you wipe down the counters it so- sounds so like simplistic but I think just being a team and being a collective unit is really important and also just hella communication like I am telling him hey I'm really scared I don't like when you're going out in public and you're not wearing a mask or doing this or that and like please like let me know what you're doing throughout the day and he's been very 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 respectful of all of my anxieties and fears and he also grounds me in that Yeah. And I think that what you said was so pertinent. I mean, like you're really going to see the best and the worst in someone during this time. And it's kind of a clear indication of whether or not you're meant to be with someone if they don't react well and act as like a pillar of comfort when you are upset. Or giving you even any type of like, ugh, feelings. Like, you know, like, oh, I don't like that, you know? And I've been in relationships where I lived with people and felt that very early. And I kept on trying to work through it. And if you, any of your listeners are in a spot right now where you're in like any type of either toxic relationship or any relationship where you feel unsafe, that's like your safety and security is the most important and try your best to like see if there's a friend or somewhere you can go stay, a family member that's safe that you can go stay with. Yeah, that's very true. And I think like you said, like boundaries and honesty are the most important thing. Like for me and Nap who have been staying together during this quarantine. He's actually just entered the room. He's hey. typing away on his little his little computer. But I think setting boundaries and being really honest and like, you know, saying to each other, like, listen, we're family. We're doing this as family. We're doing this because we don't have our family here. And so we're going to band together during this unprecedented traumatic time in American history. And here's like the list of things that we need from each other and how we're going to take care of each other while also having our own space and maintaining healthy communication. And, you know, so far so good. I think you just have to be really, really clear. And hopefully either you have a roommate or a family member or a lover who allows you to do those things because really that's the only way we're going to get through and be mentally healthy. Completely. 
I also find having fun together is like the best way to let go of stress and keeping things light as possible. You know what I mean? Like laughing mm-hmm. and, you know, I would, I'm the type of person that watches a movie and will straight up like make a comment like every couple of minutes to banter. Are you that type yeah. of person too? Yes. You I hate it when people be. don't let you talk during movies. It's right. my pet peeve. Me too. And as an actor, I'm like, they better watch me and shut up. No, I'm joking. But like, <laughs> But no, that's the whole point is it's because it's starting a conversation. It's so like that type of laughter and fun needs to keep going. I think that also with your friends, with your family, you know, and if you're feeling sad, of course, like feel that and be really communicative with your partner about that. But in general, it's just funny. All these dynamics of relationships, like, you know, new relationships, old relationships, um, you know, maybe getting out of relationships, how you can keep I guess, a good dynamic going during this time. Yeah. And I think that like laughing is so important. Yes. Like, and it's, it's okay. Like laugh at the, like the extremes of this situation. I mean, one minute you're in hysterics because your pizza isn't (laughs) flopping out of the cardboard appropriately. (laughs) And you think think you're going to give you, (laughs) you and Napoleon coronavirus. And then the next minute, you're laughing, eating dinner and having a glass of wine. So it's like, you know, the extremes of this situation and, and, and even the things that you're upset about can be funny. Absolutely. And experimenting new things like, you know, probably before the quarantine, you know, we had busy lives and we had to keep to like the routine and you'd maybe not see each other as often. So you'd kind of just do the same thing like, oh, we'll go to dinner. We'll come back. We'll watch a movie. We'll go to bed. But now since we have so much time, it's kind of cool to find different experiments to do like like coloring together like making a restaurant club like (laughs) sexually experimenting or whatever but even if you can't be with your partner that's also a good time to do something different with communication like facetime or skype or play games or you know find a different way to connect yeah and you can make up games too we do that all the time like uh i'll make up a a word and then nap will (laughs) Like make up the definition to that word. All these things are fake, by the way. I'll be like, schmackle And then he'll have to say what the definition of that word would be. So like, yeah, it's so dumb. But but doing things like that, like takes your mind off of what's going on and also takes you out of technology and helps you just stay really present in the goofiness of a moment. I love that. Yeah. We also will like do impressions. Like we'll do the exact impression of something that's like on TV and we'll see who can do the better impression um, of that like character or person. That's also something we do. Um, that's a good one. I want to do that. Yeah. And I'm the actor and like, he's actually way better at impressions than me. It's, it's like that's scary true. how accurate it's like, yeah, stop trying to dull my sparkle, you know, <laughs> quarantine. I was supposed to rise up. <laughs> this is my time to shine. Also, there's a really fun Netflix game, but there's, yeah, you make up games. Like, have you ever played, like, also roulette with Netflix? No, what's that? You can just be like, okay, what's uh, what's your favorite letter? L. Okay, name of my name, Lauren, L. Okay, guess uh, a number 1 through 20, and then you have to go to that, um, okay, 1 through 20, and then you get on, like, a, let's say you get an episodic show. Okay, there's seven, seven um, seasons. Okay, 1 through 7. So you kind of have to do roulette and then you guys have to watch whatever episode you land on. Oh, that's fun. 
That's so funny. Like, who thought of that? Was it you? Well, I used to do that, but then I saw a TikTok of someone doing it with like a little more precision because I would just be like, close your eyes and like whatever. But this is better because you ask the person like one through seven and, um, you know, whatever it is. It's kind of a fun game. But then it's like, for example, we had to land on like Wild Wild West and like, that movie i mean i love will smith like with he's will like, smith oh. he's like my celebrity all-time celebrity crush but like i could not get through this movie yeah i don't remember anything no, about it to anyone on the cast and crew that worked <laughs> hours on it honestly we would love to work with you at any point <laughs> yeah so much creative plugs well okay some great tips some great tricks some amazing laughs Seffi, i love you with all my heart I know you have a special going on right now. We alluded to it earlier very mysteriously. Can you tell <laughs> my friends what your special is? I love you too, Lolo. Okay, so my special is right now I'm running a 50% off. I know times are tough. So 50% off my past life regression meditation, which Lauren helped me produce. Thanks, Lolo. That's so good. But yeah, it's a med- it's a meditation, a guided meditation. It's a um, something you can do at home and you can do it as many times as you want. And it also comes with journal prompts. It's half off. So it's only $22 right now. And also I'm doing Oracle readings for $22. Oracle readings is I just do a three card pull and I also channel intuitively whatever situation you're going through. And and then I send you a voice memo to your phone and you can keep that forever. Well, I highly recommend a reading with Steffi. She's spot on. And if you want to keep up with her, you can follow her at spirit underscore sis. And then her personal account is at Steffi Hill and spiritsis.com, right? Yep. Spiritsis.com. You got it. All right. And thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I hope you're doing all right. I know the show is a little bit of a different style today, but I hope it brought a smile to your face. It definitely brought a few smiles to mine. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Uh, You can rate, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts, follow the show on Spotify, follow at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso on all the places. If you like it, take a screenshot of yourself listening, post it. I will repost to show my gratitude. And thank you for listening. I wish you fun, love, joy, and that you're just like allowing yourself to feel whatever you feel right now. I believe in you and I will talk to you next week.